Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and we are into week six of the NFL season. Last week, week five, I was unable to do the pod. Uh, I had some other obligations, as some of you guys might know. I'm in real estate, and uh, I'm heavily involved in a uh, another nonprofit organization called ARIA, which is the Asian Real Estate Association of America. And it just so happens that last week there was a convention conference in San Francisco. And so uh, I had my hands tied last weekend. Uh, didn't miss any of the games, thankfully, because uh, the convention started from Wednesday, ending on Saturday. So I was just in time for Sunday football. Uh, but in between, you know, you had Thursday night football with the Rams and the Seahawks. And obviously a lot of stuff went down for that. Um, Russell Wilson. First and foremost, the elephant in the room for Week Five. Uh, Rams won twenty-six to seventeen, but it was one of those wins where it makes you think about Russell Wilson and the Seahawks moving forward because his injuries—it's um—it's pretty bad, man. Uh, they put him on IR earlier on Friday, so he's out up until Week Nine. He's got a hand injury, and so in the interim, Geno Smith will be the quarterback, and you know. For all intents and purposes, we know about the Seahawks team, meaning that we know that Russell Wilson is um, a big portion of this team. They're a run-heavy team, uh, but Russell Wilson is what makes this offense go. And so when you look at it all together, Russell Wilson is on IR. Chris Carson also got hurt. They also put him on injured reserve as well. And so you have your starting running back and your starting quarterback out until Week 9. So... Pretty rough. Um, Seahawks fall to two and three. Conversely, uh, you had your other NFC West game between the Niners and the Cardinals. It was at Arizona, and this was a you know uh, Cardinals were favored by five and a half. Uh, a lot of people took the points for for the Niners because they were excited about the prospects of Trey Lance on his first career start at Arizona, and very close game when you look at the final score. The Cardinals won 17-10, tightly contested, um, went back and forth, but you know, overall for this game, I mean, everyone's going to kind of remember this game based off Trey Lance and his up-and-down play. He had his moments, um, but man, he, I mean, he threw for what, like 50-55% percentage completion. Uh, he had some good dimes, but then at the same time, too, he had a early pick on his first series, and... You know, it's kind of what you expect out of a rookie. Uh, I'd say that the grade is very much incomplete for him. Uh, he's a very raw prospect, and I know that a lot of Niner fans want to see him sooner than later. Uh, maybe they still will, but it was a game that was a little bit more simplified. Uh, it was interesting to see how Kyle Shanahan called that game because there were like 10, 11 specific quarterback runs. Uh, overall, he carried the ball 16 times for like, I don't know, 80 yards. Um you know, just an up and down game. And what was interesting about it is they went for it on fourth down like five times. I think they were like one for five on fourth down conversions. And so you give a big shout out to this Cardinals linebackers corpse, this front seven, um, because between Isaiah Simmons and Dale Collins and Chandler Jones, I mean, they, they gave some pretty big licks on the kid. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan, you can make a case for his play calling or... Just maybe some of the limitations with Trey Lance as a passer, but um, they were stopped on several occasions. And so I know that the Niners were trying to be aggressive. It was a close game. 
most of their fourth down conversions were like at midfield. So you can make a case for that, but they couldn't get it done. Uh, the biggest play of the game for, for me was, you know, uh, I think the Cardinals were up 7-0. Uh, they were marching down the field, the Niners, and then it was fourth and goal. Uh, they did a, a quarterback rollout, and then uh, Trey Lance on the bootleg decides to run for it, and he just needed a, a tidbit more to cross the goal line for the touchdown. But Isaiah Simmons stopped him at fourth and goal. He got hurt during the play, but Isaiah Simmons stopped him, stopped him of the goal line, and then uh, turnover and down by the Niners. So, Cardinals undefeated 5-0. Kyler Murray, he didn't have a perfect, uh, you know, he didn't have a perfect game like he's been in weeks past, but um, eventually he broke three against this Niners defense. This Niners defense did a very good job, all things considered, as you look at the box score of 10-17. to uh, Kyler Murray was followed up pretty much through throughout the I don't know, it was like 10-0 for first half. He, he did a pretty good job doing that. But then, you know, eventually he had a couple big plays. Uh, a really nice play to DeAndre Hopkins for the touchdown. A 35-yard down the sideline pass to the rookie Rondé Moore. And eventually, you know, for the Niners, if you can't um, match mono for mono, it's just, it is what it is. So a very tightly contested game. Uh, but a game that takes a lot of Niners fans a little bit. Um, I won't say sour, but just thinking about it, they head into the bye week. Jimmy Garoppolo should be healthy by then coming off to week seven. Um, but do you play Trey Lance? Do you play Jimmy G? There was a, a report after the game that Trey Lance sprained his knee and he should be out one week and most two. But if you're Kyle Shanahan, who do you go with moving forward? Do you go with Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance? Up to this point, they've been saying they're going to go forward with Jimmy Garoppolo if he is healthy, but I don't know. A couple things remain to be seen for this team. So, been talking about the Niners, but oh my god, the Cardinals, they're 5-0. and They are 5-0. and Tightly contested the game against the Niners. They barely won against the Vikings, but 5-0 and is 5-0. and They are actually the only undefeated team in the NFL right now, and that is something to hold your hand high your head up high cliff kingsbury they were five and oh so a lot of good things to consider as you go into week six so as i mentioned before the niners are on a bye but let's go ahead and talk about the division as we head into week six so you pretty much have not too much change because of how it's gone so far between week five but you have the cardinals first place at five and oh the, the rams four and one uh against the seahawks the Seahawks are third place at 2-3 and three because they beat the Niners on the previous matchup last week. And so you have the Niners last place at 2-3. and three. So Cardinals 5-0, and oh, Rams 4-1, and one, Seahawks 2-3, and three, Niners 2-3. and three. We are going to go into week 6 of the NFL season. So for week 6, you have three NFC West games. Let's go ahead and start with the first one in the morning. So 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, you have the Rams going East Coast, which is always tough, but... They're playing MetLife Stadium, which is, as you guys know with the Niners, you know, they have AstroTurf and not everyone's too particularly happy about it, but they're there nonetheless. So you have the Rams at the Giants. The Rams are favored by eight. Uh, they've had plenty of time to rest. Because they had their Thursday night football game, they've had over 10 days of preparation. Uh, Matthew Stafford did hurt his finger, his hand, 
against the Seahawks in Thursday Night Football. But they've had plenty of time. He should be ready to go. And so the Rams are favored on the road. Road ho- road favorites at 8, 48 and a half. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Uh, this should be a fairly straightforward game. I know it's East Coast, and I know it's against the road, and I know New York can be presumably a tougher crowd, but I have nothing bad necessarily or no particular concern about the Rams taking care of the Giants on the road. And the reason why I say that is because the Giants have been... They've been bombarded with injuries, okay? So, like, you have Kenny Galladay, their prize wide receiver, uh, presumably their, their ex-receiver, their wide receiver one. He's out this game. Saquon Barkley had a gnarly ankle injury last week, and so he's got a very high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for the next couple of weeks, and so he is out. Uh, Presumably, the starting running back is going to be uh, Devontae Booker, uh, former Utah State running back from the Broncos, bounced around a bit. Now he's on the Giants. He should be the lead back. Um, So, yeah, they're they're battered a bit. Even Daniel Dimes-Jones was... Hurt going into this week, he was questionable. He should be able to play, but, you know, it just makes you think. I mean, this is a game where, talent-wise, the Rams should be able to execute. And, you know, for the Giants, if you lose your best player in Saquon Barkley, it just makes it really tough, um, especially for this offensive line, which has been eh, okay up to this point. So, you know, run it, run, it, run it with the people you know well, which is Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and then you got the offense with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, um... You know, Daryl Henderson, Sonny Michelle, they should be fine. They should be fine. This is a game in which it's their game to lose. This is a game where, you know, for this Rams defense, they've been playing at a top five level up to this point. And I fairly, I'm fairly confident that will continue to happen. I'm not really scared of Devontae Booker, nor have I ever been scared about Danny Dimes. Um, you know, they have some quick receivers now. Sterling Shepard comes back. You saw a breakout game out of their rookie in and uh, Tony Looney, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a game where I think the Rams should be able to take business. They should run the ball well. They should have their play action. They should have their moments. And so when you, when all is said and done, go ahead and give me the Rams. Let's just say if they're favored by eight, over under forty eight and a half. Let's go ahead and give them twenty seven points. 27 to 17 Rams. So they do cover 27 to 17. Yeah, I mean, you give and take. That's that's where I see this game going. Take care of business. Get out. Don't get hurt. And onwards to the next game. 105 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You have maybe a, a Super Bowl preview. Uh, this is a pretty cool game uh, when you think about the matchups and just some of the history between both starting quarterbacks for their respective franchises. So you have the Arizona Cardinals going on the road against the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns are favored by 3.5, over under 48.5. And And what makes this game particularly interesting is this is the second matchup that they've had between starting quarterbacks Kyler Murray and starting quarterback Baker Mayfield of the Browns. Both of them are former number one picks. Both of them are undersized quarterbacks. And both of them belonging from the University of Oklahoma Oklahoma Sooners where, yeah, they did their thing. They did it very well. They're top picks. And you can make a case that the reason why they're top picks is because of some of the successes of other quarterbacks in recent years, whether it's Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. But, you know, 
despite the shorter stature, it, it doesn't matter because both of them are playing very well for their respective teams. Kyler Murray, if anything, he's playing at an MVP level right now. And so you have the Browns, who are coming off a really convincing victory against the Chargers. They put up 42 points or so. Um, played very efficient. Um, and so at home, they're favored by 3.5, which is about even. Typically, when you have two even teams, the home team gets three points. So they're slightly favorites. Browns favored by 3.5. The Cardinals through Cardinals over under 48.5. And why do I feel that this might be a tougher game than most for the Cardinals, especially since they're undefeated? Well, I don't know if you saw recent news, but you have Zach Allen, you have head coach Cliff Kingsbury. You have a couple people on their staff that just got recently tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah, they're vaccinated. Yeah, I know. Uh, They got tested positive for COVID-19, and so they are going to be out for this game so you lose your head coach you lose your pass rusher um i gotta double check actually there was a rumor that chandler jones also tested positive i'm gonna check it right now live on this podcast because if that were to be the case that would be really bad uh Chandler Jones is also on the COVID list. Oh, boy. Okay, so he also tested positive. So you have your best pass rusher. You have your head coach. So, I mean, they're undefeated, but last-minute preparations, especially going on the road, it's not going to be easy. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Mind you, the Browns have a couple injuries as well. They're starting running back, which is Nick Chubb. He's out this game. He's hurt. So you're going to have Kareem Hunt instead. They run the ball really well. The Cardinals do not particularly defend the run very well. Browns are at home. And it's just one of those things that make you wonder. I mean, given some of the circumstances, especially for all this being so sudden for this coaching staff and to be without their best pass rusher, to be... uh, I don't know, man. I know they're undefeated, but this is a very tall task to ask. The Browns, they play very methodical football. They run the ball well. They go off a play action similar to um, similar to the Rams, I, I suppose. But, you know, this is a team that uh, they play really good football. I don't know, man. The Cardinals are undefeated. I just, this might be where it finally, where their luck finally runs short. Uh, there might be too many mitigating circumstances to, to get them to win. But at the same time, too, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, like they're their star key players on the offense, it's still there. So they can certainly, if they light up the points, they can certainly make it happen. But something just makes me feel a little bit off about this game. Um, Will coaching matter? Will the Cardinals be able to get by with what they have on such short notice? I guess we'll see. But for the interim, if I had to predict this game, let's go ahead and do it. So, all in all, if the Browns control the clock, if they run the ball well, if they limit turnovers, and if they can defend Colorado, yeah, I can see the Browns coming out with a win. So go ahead and give me the Browns 20, 27, Cardinals 24, tightly contested, Kareem Hunt 
has a very successful day against this Cardinals front seven. Kyler Murray will, will keep it close, but it's just a lot to ask for in such short notice. So I'm going to stick to my guns. Browns 27, Cardinals 24. Onwards, let's go ahead and go to Sunday Night Football. And on paper, this looked good because you have, you know, the Seahawks and the Steelers on Sunday Night Football in which this was a former Super Bowl matchup where, you know, Seahawks and Steelers were in the Super Bowl a long, long time ago between Matthew Stafford and Ben Roethlisberger when he was a rookie. But anyway, so you have the Seahawks at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's favored by five. Over under 43, so presumably a low-scoring game. This is a game where the Steelers are coming off uh, a good win. Ran the ball well. They relied on Najee Harris a lot. He had like 170 rushing yards. It was a game that he got plenty of workload. Uh, It forced the hand on their opposition. Ben Roethlisberger, who's been struggling to throw the ball downfield, didn't have to throw as much, controlled the clock, and so that's, that's how they won. And they might be able to do this again against the Seahawks because they're going to rely on Najee Harris. Um, you know, they have Chase Claypool. They have their slew of receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster is now out for the season, which sucks. But I think that they have a pretty good matchup against the Seahawks team without Russell Wilson. So this will be a start under Geno Smith. Uh, this will be a start for the running back in Alex Collins. Uh, this will be something where, yeah, I mean, the Seahawks, they are coming with their B squad, presumably, um, at the key spots. And so this Steelers defense, from top to bottom, their secondary, their front seven, remains a very stout group. And so it makes you wonder, what what sort of offense are you going to get out of the Seahawks team? Um, What can we expect from the Seahawks offense when they take center? And while Geno Smith has been in the league for for some time, obviously he's no Russell Wilson, but he's mobile enough, they still have Tyler Lockett. They still have DK Metcalf. So maybe they rely, you know, a little bit more, more so on some quicker passes to get yards after the catch and, you know, get the pass rush between TJ Watts and that front seven away from Geno Smith. Um, quicker stuff, heavy reliance on the run game. I think that both teams are going to be looking to control the football, run the ball well, and uh, let the op- opposition offense slip up so they can get some love and get some good favorable field position. This is a game where, looking into it, it's going to be, well, it's going to be a grinder. Um, For fantasy football purposes, if you have Alex Collins or you have Najee Harris as your running backs, for either the Seahawks or the Steelers, I'd start him up, fire him up. They're going to get plenty of run this game. Um, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Chase Claypool. um, Shoot, I mean, yeah. um, It's going to be a little bit limited this game. I think the over 43 represents really what sort of game you're going to be expecting on Sunday Night Football. Uh, So, I mean, can the Seahawks do it? They certainly can, but I think at home for the Steelers with their starting quarterback. I know Big Ben hasn't been too great in recent weeks, but you rely on a strong run game. You rely on a strong defense to take advantage of a, a Seahawks team that is nowhere near the same level of a team without Russell Wilson. So go ahead and let's put it down. Give me the give me the Steelers 20 20 to 16. Steelers 20 to 16 low scoring game. Field goals, run game. Uh, one of those games where it's not going to be good for fantasy football purposes, but it will get the job done for the Steelers and they'll go ahead and take out this win. Uh, 
So when you look at it, you know, not too much love for this uh, NFC West. I have the Rams winning, I have the Cardinals losing, I have the Seahawks losing. And then you have the Niners on a bye week. And when you look at the Niners on this bye week, a lot of questions will remain on who will be quarterback moving forward, what they can do schematically. They're one of the most penalized teams for passing interference. Their offensive line, their run game hasn't been particularly strong. So they have a little bit of soul-searching heading into Week 7. So that is how I look into Week 6 for the NFC West. Once again, thank you so much for checking out the pod. Whether you continue to follow me on Spotify or iTunes, continue to do so. Twitter, at JustTheWest, and of course the blog, www.justthewest.com. Website's in progress. It's going through some troubleshooting, but it's still there. Until next time... I'm glad to be on this pod. I hope to be more consistent moving forward. I'm hoping to have a more normalized schedule. It's been a lot the last couple of weeks with travel. But we out here. And peace. Peace. Peace.